You're tuning in to Visible with Isa Media Inc. My name is Isabella Sanchez Castaneda, and I believe that your impact deserves to be shared. So each week, I'll be bringing you strategies to help you do just that. So let's get visible. Today's episode is an audit with Jennifer Dent Brown of her podcast, Stop Dieting Forever. She is a life and weight loss coach and uses her podcast to bring in more people into her program. So you'll hear us talk about updating her show notes, improving her episode topics and delivery, and exploring video since she's currently only doing audio and really talking about what that could do for her. All of these different tweaks will really improve her show and take it to the next level even though it's already working super well. So as you listen, take note of what it's like to work with me, what some of my concepts are, but also start to think of how you can apply some of the same advice I give her to your show. And if you have any questions, you can always book a call with me through the link in the show notes or DM me on Instagram. I hope you enjoy this audit and thank you for tuning in. So you are now in almost episode 160, probably by the time that this comes out. So we're going to have a lot to talk about. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited. I don't know what exactly to expect, but I know you're a genius when it comes to the podcasting world. So I'm open to hearing all the things. Amazing. So I want to get started first with just hearing, how did you get started on your podcast? You started this more than 157 as of right now, episodes ago. What was the original intention and thought process? Yeah, coincidentally, my third anniversary is coming up like next week. Oh, this week on Saturday. So, yeah, it's my third podcast anniversary and we're celebrating all month. I like the podcast medium. So, when I was thinking about different ways to reach my clients, it was like Facebook Live. I don't think Instagram Live was a thing back then. It was three years ago. And I tried Facebook Live, but I didn't like having to like get dressed up. And I had so many thoughts looking at myself on the camera. And I have a lot of things to share. It was just easier to grab a mic, record on my phone, go sit in the closet, and start creating podcasts. So, I started the podcast to promote my weight loss business. I was doing one-on-one coaching at the time. And so, yeah, that's how it started three years ago. Amazing. And you're still using it today to promote your uh, group coaching program, which is Lifetime Access, as well as some shorter programs and your one-on-one? Yeah. Yep. All the things. Whatever I'm offering... Great. You'll hear about it in the podcast. That is uh, a note that I have for a little later on. I wanted to start just with a couple of the really great things that I saw from the podcast and we'll go from there. And if you have any questions at any point, just let me know. So the first thing is, and we've already mentioned it twice here, the fact that you've been so consistent for three years, the fact that you've been able to keep up with it and continue with all of these episodes and keeping up the quality is really great and something that not most people can do. I also know in one of your episodes, you mentioned that you crossed the 100,000 listeners mark. So that is amazing. And I also saw on your Instagram that someone just using your podcast was able to lose a ton of weight and get a transformation even without being in your containers. So really acknowledging that. And I want to ask you how you feel with all of those different accomplishments with the podcast. I'm in awe. Every time I announce the podcast episode number when I'm recording a new podcast, I'm like, oh my God, we're like at 150. We're at 156. Like, it's just amazing to me that 
I have, well, it's not amazing that I have all the content to say, but that I'm producing something every single week consistently. And I love hearing from my listeners. I encourage them to reach out to me all the time. So when I got the message that this woman had lost 80 pounds by binging my pod, she said I listened to every episode. I was like, yes, that made me feel really good. How has your podcast so far gotten more people into your offers, into your email list, your one-on-one, any other aspect of your world? Has your podcast been getting you there and how? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, When people come into my world and they join one of my offers, I always say, how did you hear about me? And many of them come straight from the podcast. They're not on my email list. They're not following me on social media. They discovered my podcast because they wanted to stop dieting. And apparently that comes up when you search an Apple podcast and they start listening and they're hooked. And the next thing you know, they're my client. That is so great. Because this is public, I want the listeners to take note of that, of the fact that you can do that, that you can have people come straight to you, no other touch point, and really just love the transformation you're able to provide them in your podcast and turn that into a buyer for other offers. And also, you can be having that kind of success and still have room for improvement, which is what we're going to tackle today. Mm -hmm. So I love it. And my next uh, piece of positive, just a little note was I love that there are, because there are so many episodes, you have little signature things. Like there's different points in the episode where you go like, "Mm mm-hmm. And you have these moments where you kind of catch the listener and have them come back in. So I think that's really great and is very engaging. And so I'm curious if how conscious you are of some of those things. Do you script them in? How is that process for you? No, I don't script them in. I just talk to my person. Are you scripting at all? Oh, yeah. I write yes, because this brain will go off on a tangent and it will not be concise. (laughs) So I've tried different methods. I've done outlines. A couple of episodes I have freestyled if I'm just like, Hey, I got it. I have something to say, but mostly I'll write out what I'm going to talk about. I'm always happy to hear that because you're right. I, it's not just your brain. Everyone's brain goes on 600 tangents, especially when you have such expertise in a topic. Yeah. So now jumping into a couple things. I saw this is the first thing I really latched on to. So you repurposed your webinar from a few weeks ago into mm-hmm. an episode, which I think is a great idea. And I've seen a lot more people doing that now. It's an easy way to have content. It's an easy way to really maximize that webinar. But I saw you mention episode 15 of your podcast. You mentioned the different stages of hunger. You mentioned different elements that you use within your coaching. And you brought them back to episode 15. And then I looked and that episode is from early 2020. And so it's time for an update on that episode. We want any episodes, especially if they're so important that you're referencing them in a webinar meant to close deals. We need that episode refreshed and updated at the bare minimum once a year because you are learning how to coach on that subject so much and you're improving on how you coach on that every month probably. And so I'm sure that between now 2023 and 2020, you can explain that so differently and so much more concisely. And so definitely updating that. The other thing is not just that you can teach it better, but 
even though you had one person say that they binged from the beginning to end every single one of your podcasts, most people are going to stay focused on your last 10 episodes. And so with that, if there ever is a concept that is so fundamental to working with you, such as the stages of hunger, that needs to be updated and kept top of mind for people because people are lazy and they're not going to scroll all the way down immediately. So that's my first improvement there. Do you have any questions on that or any thoughts on that? No, that's such a great idea. I'm like, why didn't I think about that? Because I referenced that podcast episode in my program. And recently I heard someone, someone told me they attended my webinar and they were blown away. They're like, oh my God, five different types of hunger. I never knew about that. Like, that's amazing. And I started to think then like, oh, I should probably explore this somewhere. But it never dawned on me to like just redo the podcast or update it. So do you recommend like using the same title, breaking down each topic into smaller episodes? Like what would your recommendation be? Yeah. So definitely it's updating, it's re-recording it, and it's coming up with a new title. And doing so in a way that feels new so that the person who did listen to episode 15 after your webinar does feel like it's different enough. Yes, to your point of should you be breaking it down further? I think the episode should just exclusively be about the five types of hunger. And I want you to dive into each one with anecdotes, dive into different ways that people might feel each stage of hunger, dive into at least one anecdote, if not several, of what that allowed your clients to unlock. So after they discovered and really started practicing acknowledging the five stages of hunger has allowed them to do. And you are going to start solidifying for people, not just the awareness of, okay, I know what they are, but the awareness of what do they feel like and what is possible for you after you really start to implement this in your everyday life. That is going to get people being like, first, Jennifer's a genius, the way that she explained it. And if this is so good in this one episode, I can't imagine everything that is in the larger program. Perfect. I love it. I'm already like, yes, that's going to be the next podcast episode. Yes. And so the other thing that I noticed uh, in your webinar is you also, you had three different things. And so going into the, we talked about the five types of hunger. We talked about then the levels of hunger in the webinar, you mentioned, you know, knowing when you're okay, maybe you don't actually need to eat right now, diving into making that its own separate episode. So there's the stages one, or I'm sorry, the types of hunger one. And then there's the stages like, you know, are you starving and you're lightheaded and you don't feel well, or are you full and kind of just looking because the plate is in front of you diving into what does that look like? Again, bringing in the anecdotes allowing the person who's listening to identify with the episode and say, oh, I've been there. I've been the person who lets my, when I'm on a diet, I let myself get to starving, lightheaded because I thought that's what I needed to do. Or I'm always just eating because the food's in front of me. Like let people start to raise their hand with that kind of episode. And by raising their hand, they're also starting to say, oh, maybe I do need this help. And it brings them further into the process. The last thing in the webinar was about weighing yourself, right? Yes. 
getting data points. Mm -hmm. Yes. So you mentioned something that I thought was really interesting, which is the thought of weighing yourself and collecting the data week after week. And so going into another episode of the thoughts about weighing yourself daily, do you agree? Do you disagree? Is there a way to do it that doesn't become toxic? Is there a way to do it that doesn't start to control your mind? Because you are dealing with such a sensitive topic like weight that you want to just rip the bandaid off and like let people know right away what your philosophies are because they need to know whether or not you are the weight loss coach for them. And also introduce them to the possibilities that you can provide them. So that is uh, something. So again, that's just like we're taking the one webinar you had, which got turned into an episode and breaking it down into three individual episodes that you can flesh out a lot more. This is perfect. I love it. I love it. It's perfect because in the part, the timing is perfect because the webinar just came out uh, two episodes ago and now I can go deeper into it and refer back to that podcast episode for if you want to hear the thing, all of my philosophies and all the tips in, uh, in one episode. Yes. And that actually brings me to my next point, which is for these three episodes, but for your episodes in general, I would love to see a little bit more like meat on the episode. And what I mean by that is, can you bring in more of those anecdotes? I've I've already mentioned it a couple times, but bring in the opportunity for people to raise their hand and say, that is so me. And you mentioned in several of your episodes that people are already doing that. People are already saying like, wow, you saw me. You saw me in the back of the snack cabinet at, at midnight. Making it even more explicit and letting people know, reassuring them that you see them but also just providing those anecdotes before working with you. So maybe saying like, I had a client, you don't have to say their name, but you can say like, I had client A or client J tell me that before working with me, she struggled with this topic, let's say midnight snacking. And now that she's experienced my program and we've coached her, she feels X, Y, and Z. And so letting people identify with client J and desire the possibility of what she was able to achieve. So give me an example of an anecdote. So what, what I heard you say is like a case study, like my client uses this before and after. What's, what's an example of an anecdote? Yes. So it can be a case study, like uh, I kind of pointed out of like client J. It can be a story that you personally experience. So if it's something that you struggled with and have overcome, use that. And if it's not, can we still come up with a hypothetical? Because you know that somebody in your community is struggling with that and you start to put a little bit more detail. So details such as the feelings that they're having, creating a scenario around like build, building the scene for people so that it doesn't just feel like you're listing out steps or that you're shooting information at them. They can kind of start to attached to it with a story, with a visual, with the ability to grasp it a little bit more. So either a case study, a personal story, or some sort of hypothetical, as long as it's fleshed out enough. I feel like I give all my personal stories on the podcast, <laughs> but I want to bring in something different. I do talk about my clients most recently because that's 
usually where I get my ideas from because of something that came up in coaching or I'll see a theme. But I do like the before and after because I very I talk about the client problem, but not necessarily like what they're doing afterwards. I don't talk about their transformation. So that's good. Yes. And I think that that is also part of what I mean by adding more meat to your episodes is that there you do a lot of like problem awareness where you're like, I see that you're doing this. And the person might listen to the episode and say, yes, I, I understand. I do that. And bridging the gap to possibility, allowing them to make the leap towards, and there's another way. Sometimes you start to do that by saying, you know, you could be at a restaurant and not worrying about the, what your friend is eating. Like you don't allow what your friend is eating to determine what you eat, or you could be feeling great for summer, but adding a little bit more so that that gap is bridged of what it looks like to get there. What, why that really even matters because yes, they can kind of understand like, yeah, I don't want to look over at my friend's plate, but what kind of mental space is that going to open? Just wrapping it, like bridging the gap and then wrapping it up a little bit, I think will really help solidify those. Got it. Perfect. Thank you. Amazing. Now, the other thing is you do a fabulous job of pitching in every episode, which I love. That is the foundation of actually getting people into your offers from your podcast. I want you to pick a focus. So in the six or so episodes, the six or so most recent episodes that I listened to, there were a lot of calls to action. You mentioned obviously your longer program because that was the launch that you were just in. There was one where you mentioned you being at a live event, which is fantastic. But there's a lot, there's sometimes so many calls to action in the episode that as you're listening, you don't know where to go next. Mm. And so let yourself choose and say, for the month of June, my call to action is going to be X. And because of the advantage that you have with your podcast being so long form and the fact that people will come back to it months from now, not just the week that you publish it, picking the more evergreen offer is going to be your best bet or picking your one-to-one so that if I'm listening to it in May of 2024 or 2025, that episode is still as relevant. And I'm still, I still know that your lifetime access group coaching program is around. Well, yes, it is now. But six months ago, that offer was not there. So that's one of the things I struggled with with the podcast because I do get sales directly from the podcast. I do pitch in every episode, but my offer has changed. So if you listen to, you know, an episode from six months ago, I might have been talking about, or last year, the 30 day boot camp. Like I talked about, I did that for a year. So um, I do get messages occasionally like, are you doing the 30 day thing? So now we're solidified with the offers, but I do on my podcast outline of like what I'm going to talk about for each quarter, I do have what's the call to action. And it usually is associated with a launch, but in between launches, it's my newsletter. Okay. So this is a great conversation that you're bringing up, which is your podcast is allowed to evolve with you. It's not that we need it to be perfect and that somehow if the episode was timestamped in some way, that it's no longer valuable. It's more now that you do have that offer clarity and that you do know when your next launch is going to be, allowing that to be the main focus. And going back to those episodes, the ones that you have before, and updating the show notes and saying, 
You may have heard in this episode about the 30-day bootcamp. While that is no longer an offer, I would love to support you in X, Y, and Z container. Yes. I just feel like that's such a huge effort. And like, who's going to do that? <laughs> Not me. It's How- a huge effort to go back to all the show notes. And that was like all of 2020, like the end of 2020, all of 2021, or no, 20, whatever, whatever the year was. It was a lot. So that's like a big effort for to have somebody to go back to all the show notes and update. And do people really read the show notes? Absolutely. So when, especially, so when was the last time someone mentioned to you that 30-day bootcamp? Uh, it's been a while. It's been okay. like a couple months. I'll give you the example of, I clicked on one where you had a call to action for learn to lose, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. And I clicked on the link and the link is broken. So it's it takes me to a 404 page on your website. Okay. And so that's not from that long ago. So the thing is, if somebody is coming to your podcast and binging it the way that most of your folks are, mm-hmm. they are clicking on those show notes because you don't know if it's like which episode puts them over the edge of like, I have to work with her right now. So keeping those show notes as updated as possible is going to be very beneficial. If you are concerned about it in terms of what like, oh, well, what if I do all that effort and then a couple months from now, I have to update the show notes again. Mm -hmm. You can instead, uh, again, use that language of while 30 Day Bootcamp is no longer an offer, you can learn how you can work with me here and put a link to your website and the services pages Mm -hmm. and not a specific offer. Mm -hmm. But and I will say for the future, you, if you're linking to something like learn to lose underneath it saying, did you listen to this, you know, months after the original recording, you can still work with me. Here's the link, but giving people that opportunity because podcasting has the incredible advantage of being available forever. I know, um, we've talked about Brooke Castillo's podcast, for example, Mm -hmm. people are listening to her episodes from 2015. And, and getting into the life coach school from episodes from 2015. So the show notes are very important. And I know that they're not sexy. And I know that they're super, super boring to do. But they are very worth it, especially for a show with as many listeners as yours. Okay. Thank you for letting me know that link is broken. I actually just had a tech audit with an, an, an agency. And she noticed that some of my links were broken on my website. So she will be fixing those. But I didn't think about the show notes. So your recommendation is because that learn to lose, I think I offered twice. So I don't know, there's probably at least eight episodes that refer to learn to lose. Um, so your recommendation is to just update that show note and redirect them to stop dieting forever. Or I could just update all the things and just have them go to like services page on my website. Yes. So for older episodes, anything 155 and earlier, just redirect to, do you want to learn to work with me? Or do you want to learn how to work with me or what offers are currently available? Please go here. For episodes going forward, I do want you to have the specific call to action to the offer you reference in that episode and another sentence that says, like, did you come here in between launches? We would have to massage out the language, but you know, not listening in real time, but still want to learn how to work with me. Click here. And then that way we won't run into this problem again in the future. And oh, what a problem it is. <laughs> like, Good problem to so have. Dope. 
Yeah. So tell me, tell me what your, your thoughts and concerns are about the show notes right now. There's so many variations of the show notes. So it's literally, I feel like I, I have to do it myself. I don't know if I'm going to be able to just tell someone because it's going to be different for each episode, depending on what the, what's different. Yeah. So that's just the CTAs are different. Yeah. Depending on the episode. Right. Or the is, so do you have right now a structure that you follow with your show notes? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So the calls to action you, and that's why um, I was mentioning, if you focus your CTAs a little bit more, that problem can be eliminated because you can say, this is, these are the CTAs for this month. And then it's just copy paste in. Yeah. Yes. Going forward. Absolutely. That's what I do now. But for like the past eight months going when I kept changing my business model because at one point I had a membership and then it was a 30-day thing. So going back to update all of those show notes and I need to update them on my website too. So it's like double duty. Yes. Which is not fun. I want to acknowledge that. What distribution platform do you use? Podbean. Okay. I'm not familiar with the specifics of Podbean. Oftentimes your distribution platform will allow you to do a bulk replacement of your episodes. So yeah, I can edit in Podbean and that will update all the platforms, but my, not my website's different. It's tackling. It the show notes don't pull in from, I had to go into Squarespace and update all of the episodes. Not fun at all. Take care of the ones that go out to Spotify and Apple first. Okay. Because the ones on your website if for whatever reason the call to action is different, they're at least already on your they're website. There. Yeah, good point. But the ones on Spotify and Apple, mm-hmm. we want to get those fixed. And it's not like you're going to lose a ton of clients if you don't do it tomorrow. But it is a project that is worth investing in so that people have a really clean process into what you're doing. Okay. I know it's not fun. I know. Show notes are everyone's least favorite part of podcasting. Mm -hmm. So do you have any other questions around show notes? Any other qualms around them? Um, No, my show notes are pretty like, they're not super detailed. I try to keep it lean and clean. (laughs) And now if you do this cleanup, it'll be even cleaner. But my like my opt-in to my newsletter is in all the show notes now. Great. So that actually leads me to my next question, which is, Do you have a separate landing page for your podcast newsletter subscribers and your regular newsletter subscribers? I'm like, what? (laughs) So this is a recommendation for you and for anyone listening that go into your distribution platform, whether it's Kartra, whether it's Kajabi, whether it's ConvertKit, whether it's MailChimp, I don't care where you made your landing page, duplicate it and put dash pod at the end of it. You don't have to update this in the show notes from the past. Don't worry. I'm not going to tell you to update one more thing. But going forward, having one that says dash pod, this is really helpful data for you to know how many people are coming into my world directly from the podcast. Okay. Yes. I could see how that could be helpful. Okay. Yes. It's great. And then do you have on your onboarding a little check mark that says, where have you, or a little section that says, where have you interacted with me before? When people buy. Yes. Okay, great. And one of those little check marks is the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's how I know people come straight from the podcast. I'm like, great. Yes. That's wonderful data to have because it allows you to 
also be able to go back to those folks and say, which episode was it? What's, what are you interested in, in knowing more of? What did I not cover? It's a really great way to find what's working. Let me yes. make sure I understand real quick. Okay. So I, this is for my opt-in, my newsletter. Mm-hmm. I'm going to duplicate the page, the landing page, mm-hmm. but change the URL and only use that URL in my podcast show notes. Yes. Okay. So there'll be food free, jenniferdent.com forward slash food freedom dash podcast. And so that means because it's a different landing page, that's a different email segment, right? So that would tell me that they came directly from the podcast and these are my podcast listeners. Yes. You're still going to send your full email list when you announce that you have a new podcast episode. You're still going to email the way you've been emailing. This is more so that you know, comparing your different avenues, which is bringing you the most email traffic, the most email subscribers. And that is a great data point so that you know what your buyer's journey is. Okay. And when I'm talking about the landing page and segmenting them, it's not necessarily segmenting them out. It's not taking them away from your regular email list. It's more of just a data point for you to have that they're coming from interactions with the podcast. And so yes, those emails, if they consent to be added to the email list, put them under the one that says dash pod or podcast. Okay. Got it. So I actually want us, I know we spent a good amount of time in very technical, little frustrating logistical land of show notes and links. I want to bring us back to your content, right? And I have more ideas for you. So we'll keep bringing those up. But I want to ask you, why are you still recording in your closet? (laughs) Because my podcast manager told me that that's where it sounds the best. So that's where I go. Take my laptop and my little stool and I go sit in the closet. (laughs) I love how well you take direction. (laughs) However, would you have any sort of hesitation to video? Uh, I'm not interested in video. Okay. Then you can stay in the closet. Yeah. That's At this fine. point, no, I'm not interested in video because I'm like, I read my notes. I'm not, I like, like, oh, I need to edit this. I'm not, you know, I feel like that's just going to add another layer of pressure. So sometimes I just like to go into my closet at nine o'clock at night before I get ready to go to bed, record this podcast and I'm out. So what was your idea? I'm just curious. Where's your pressure? Where's this pressure coming from? Myself, of course. But like, what is the pressure? Oh, what's the video going to be used for? Maybe I need to understand and clarify that. Are you saying like, oh, now I have a video podcast and it's a podcast or whatever they call it? Or am I just using the audio from the video and still uploading as normal? So either one, because you are not currently a retainer client, I'm not going to tell you to do one or the other. However, two things that I think would be fabulous with your podcast if you add video is getting the audience that is on YouTube looking for weight loss advice. And that is most of America. And especially a search engine like YouTube, where somebody's going to put in a topic like, how do I stop snacking in the middle of the night? How do I enjoy my kid's birthday without freaking out? That's, That's what people Google and that's what people search on YouTube. And if they saw your beautiful face with a wonderful, good counter diet culture episode on YouTube, incredible. That's one way that I would recommend you use video. The other one is, and this is another point that I was going to bring up, is I don't think that you're maximizing 
your podcast promotion on Instagram. And the video makes that a little bit easier because you're able to make short form content from it. And it allows people to see your face without you having to sit down and create more short form content. Mm -hmm. Okay. Can we talk about YouTube first? Absolutely. So I am on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel. People subscribe. God love them every now and then. Um, And my episode does upload to YouTube. So, but it's not video, it's just audio. I understand there's a whole world of people on YouTube. I'm not like a huge YouTuber. So that's why I'm not like, eh, YouTube, but I get it. Like a ton of people just, like my hairstylist, she just, she doesn't watch TV. She just watches YouTube. It's all she watches. So I get it. And I understand that that is a a missing opportunity. My brain gets stuck at like, are people really just want to sit there and watch me talk on camera? Is that like a thing? Did you have that thought before starting your podcast? Are people really going to sit there and listen to me talk? Well, I feel like podcasts are different because you can listen in the car. You can, you know, multitask your laundry, do other things, listen on a walk. I just, I'm not like, personally, I don't sit and watch people talk about stuff. I get like, I like to skim through it and see like, what are they talking about? Let me just get to the end. So I don't under, I don't experience like the joy that people have in watching YouTube videos. The the reason I think it's so... You don't have to do anything, right? You, this could just be a thought and you can put it away and say, that's a 2024 consideration and say in 2023, I'm not going to do that. And that's fine. You can say that to whatever suggestion I give you. The main thing I'm thinking is one, to respond to your brain's thought of, are people really going to sit there and listen or watch me talk? Yes. When you are solving one of the most heartbreaking problems that they have in their life, which is the panic and despair they feel around their weight. And so it doesn't matter if the if there's glare in your glasses. It doesn't matter if the lighting isn't perfect the first few videos. It matters that they have now an access point to you and a potential solution to their problem. Okay. I hear that. I definitely hear that. Yes. Yes. Because I, I have watched YouTube videos of people sitting there because it's something I was interested in, but it's not something I go to all the time. But yes, I do hear that. And I will say myself being one of them, and I know you may have thoughts about it. There are a lot of people who watch YouTube anytime they eat because they are they don't want to be alone. Oh, and so sometimes I... I love watching a good like breakdown of some celebrity gossip when I'm uh, eating. <laughs> Is that the best thing for me? Probably not. I should probably be more present with my food. Again, we can talk about that another time. But <laughs> but think of like there are people who are filling their days the way that you and I might fill our days with podcasts. They're filling their days with YouTube videos. And it's not like you're radically changing your podcast. You're keeping the scripts the same. You're using the same calls to action. You're keeping everything identical. The only thing is you're turning on your webcam or setting up a camera. Okay. And it's just me sitting here at my desk talking. Vibe. Try it. I'm, I'm game to try it. Like, there's nothing I can't lose by trying it. Yeah. And uh, there are people who are downloading the <laughs> downloading stuff and listening to stuff on my YouTube channel. Yes. And like, not and I- that we are super worried about what you know, YouTube is doing, but YouTube is also investing billions into video podcasts. And so not that you need YouTube's investment for video podcasts in order to turn listeners into buyers for your offers. But just knowing that this is now a space and 
a place where people are going to watch podcasts. Okay. Yes. Heard it from the expert. And also spot, you can also post it on Spotify. Uh, Spotify has video for their podcasts. I love. They do? Every one of my, no, I'm, I'm going to take that back. This one's not going to be video. Majority of my podcast episodes have video on them on Spotify. I had no idea. Okay. It increases the engagement. Sometimes people just want to see your face. And this also talking about it from a marketing perspective, mm-hmm. being able to see your face also builds another touch point, another trust point, because they're like, okay, I see Jennifer's expression. I see that she's there for me. I see that she cares about what she's saying. She's not reading it like she's bored out of her mind. She's talking about it with passion. And a lot of times, you know this, we communicate so much more through our body language than even verbal language. And so it's just another point where you can build trust. And with the added benefit that you will also be able to repurpose it for endless content on whatever platform, whether that's Facebook or Instagram, or you decide to go and be a TikTok star one day, you will be able to use that content over and over because you turned on video. Do you edit podcast videos? Every single one of my clients has a video podcast because, and most of them, so I have clients who are not on, on Spotify for podcasters as a distribution platform. So we don't post their video to Spotify, but I make video clips from every single one of their episodes so that they are posting short form content on every platform they're on without Mm -hmm. ever needing to set up a tripod, without ever needing to like sit there and be like, how do I make this 30 seconds? I make it for them. Um, And that has allowed also then the visibility of their podcast increase, as well as the visibility of their offers, just because they turned on their webcam. And I've had this conversation with them as well, where I'm like, just just turn it on. Like, I don't care if it looks like you're filming in a microwave. It's better than nothing. And so it's it's really beneficial just to give yourself the option. Okay. I like it. I like the idea. Okay. I love. I also think I want to hear, I want to see the the confidence and the the way that you're so sure of your con of your concepts in video format when you get out of the closet like which is what in my like in my course when I'm teaching I'm like standing up I got the whiteboard I'm like and that's what I my clients say you're so engaging like I love listening to you teach I love learning from you so I get it I I will work on my thoughts about video podcasts. I do want to reach more people and my people are also on YouTube. Just being able to open up that possibility to yourself. Mm-hmm. People already love watching you inside of your containers. They'll love watching you before they get inside as well. And so brings me to my next point, mm-hmm. which is I want you to start pulling on the things you know from this goes back to something I already brought up, but I want you to start pulling from the things you know about your clients more. Mm -hmm. So you are really good about the theoretical, but I, and you explain that really well, but I want, and this goes to the anecdotes and the hypotheticals and all of that, but I got a couple of ideas for you. One of them that you touched on with an interview with your clients was how does being an independent high achiever keep you from losing weight? And you talked about how independent high achievers never want to admit they need help. And so that is speaking to a feeling and a belief system that your client is struggling with that they don't see associated to weight. 
they don't see how maybe lessons that they received in their childhood about what it means to need help is impacting them as a 30, 40, 50 year old woman trying to lose weight forever. And then like, I want you to think of a couple other ones similar to that. I think the other great idea is leaning on, you use the word curiosity a lot and curiosity and I believe you use experimentation. Mm-hmm. And so wh- I want you to do an episode or several episodes about what does curiosity around your food without pressure feel like? You talk a lot about what it looks like. You talk about how it looks like writing down, you know, the the weight that you got that week and and analyzing, okay, I did this and I did that. You talked about curiosity in being curious how your food how your body responds to different foods. Mm-hmm. And so we got the how down. But I think people really need the what does that feel like to me when I in when I can finally look at food and say, wow, that's so interesting that that happened instead of oh my gosh, you suck, you're horrible, when they're no longer in shame because of the curiosity, describe how that feels for them. Mm -hmm. And take that as an example, but go into everything. How is it going to feel like for them to experience, you use the tagline food freedom, how how is it going to feel like paint the picture for them of when they lean into curiosity and experimenting, what is the barbecue over the summer, over 4th of July going to feel like? Mm -hmm. And letting them step into that envisioning. What are your thoughts on that? I love that. I love that idea. And I love that. It's not even like it's an angle, right? Because one of the things that I teach, like the first thing I have my people do is like decide your your identity statement, right? In 90 days, not just how much do you weigh, but how are you feeling? What are you doing? What are you saying? Like I want them to embody that person first and then we work backwards from there. So if I'm able to do that in a podcast episode for people to help them really see what the what it's what's possible, essentially, I think that would be extremely transformational. Absolutely. And if they are able to do that work, if you view your podcast as pre-work, the results they get in the container are so much faster. And it's not about losing the weight faster, but it's about the their ability to click into your process is so much easier. And you're going to, by tapping into those feelings, especially because I know in the container, you use a lot of the coaching model and feelings and how their thoughts influence their feelings. If you can get them thinking in that way by feeling into it, they're going to breeze through the program. And it's going to be, it's just going to be fun for everyone involved. And that's something for the listeners is, how can you start to view your podcast as simply pre-work mm-hmm. for your offers? That's really great, especially during launch season of like thinking about using the podcast as pre-work, just like the concepts, thinking through that. That's amazing. Thank you. And <laughs> thinking about like, for example, as someone who was listening to the podcast, knowing that your next launch is not until August, I want you to, because this goes back to the thing we talked about with pitches. You were mentioning like, when I'm in between launches, I pitch other things. Mm-hmm. And instead, I want you to focus on drive to wait list from now, from the beginning of June to August and say, how can I get them to the point where in August, 
they are one, already doing the work because I've helped them feel into it. And two, first day the car opens, they're like, I'm ready, Jennifer. I already lost five pounds with the things that you told me about and take my money as fast as possible. Instead of trying to get them in to other little things in between. Mm-hmm. Like the, the newsletter, right? So that's like my other thing. Like, oh, that's my other CTA between launches. It's like, just opt into food freedom and get on my email list. So we're still going to drive to that wait list. But instead of just saying opt in, I want you to say, be the first in the doors for, for um, Stop Dining Forever. Be the first in the door because you're on the email list. And so connecting it to exactly what you're talking about and connecting yourself, making that connection for them that you are going to take them to that next level as soon as the doors open. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love it. Love it. It's so simple. It's so clean. So easy. Yes. Podcasts as pre-work. And that brings me to, I'm going to actually do a full episode about this in the coming weeks. So anyone listening, look forward to it. But what the different topics that I've introduced to you, offered to you today include is looking at things with pick your topics, pick your episodes based off of what your ideal client needs to know before working with you, what they need to... And by know, I mean understand. What are the concepts? So going back to, they need to understand the concept that there are five varieties of hunger. They need to understand the concept that there are, that there's a scale to your hunger. They also need to believe something. They have, especially for something like weight loss, they have a lot of things they need to believe or a lot of beliefs they need to change. And so you can look at how am I going to create an episode that is going to introduce a new belief to them? Mm. And the third thing is how do they need to feel in order to be ready to work with me? And so it's what do I need? What do they need to know? What do they need to believe? And what do they need to feel in order to be ready to work with me and get the best results? That's where the pre work part comes in. So I'm going to ask you, what are some things that your people need to know, believe and feel? Perfect. Like this is literally the beginning of my program, right? That's like this. That's, that's what I call the success setup modules. Maybe I'll just take them out, put them on the podcast, but they need to believe that they can do it. They need to believe that they are capable of losing weight and keeping it off because I have some people who believe, yep, I can lose weight, but I always gain it back. And then I have other people who are just like, I've tried everything. Nothing is working. This is my last resort. So that's one of the things I teach in the beginning of my program of like creating the belief that they can actually do it, lose the weight. And this is how I'm going to help them do it. I Um, want you to, however, there, I don't want you to make one episode about what they need to believe. I need you to, yeah, like I need you to piece out. So no believe and feel are separate episodes. They're like episode buckets. So with belief, like you just mentioned to me right there, that there's the people who say, this is the last resort. You need an episode that says, if you're, if this is the last resort, if you're listening to this podcast, because it's the last resort, because someone's going to listen to see that and be like, she knows. And then talk about, and, and talk about the feelings that they're having and say, I know that right now you are looking at that Weight Watchers app and thinking, should I do it again? Or you are just giving up or you are saying X, Y, and Z and da, 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 da. And what if I told you that if this is your last resort, this is the last time you're going to pay to solve this? Yes. And so then being like, take what you walked out for them and say, you with this program, you will delete the Weight Watchers app. Never think about it again. Get You will get your mom off Weight Watchers finally. 
with this program, you will no longer feel or with this program, you'll be grateful that this was your last resort because it's the last thing you ever needed. And then you do another episode that's like, if this is the first time you've tried losing weight because you were actually thin your whole adolescence and now you had a child and you're caught up in like, you literally just brought a life to the world, but now you're losing weight for the first time. This is so new. And those are such different experiences. Yeah. And people need to feel seen that you understand that in order to get them to that belief that we're talking about. Yeah. I do have people who come to me who've never had a weight loss or weight problem, but all of a sudden menopause happens, the weight's coming on and they're like, WTF. I don't know how to get rid of it. And now I have people coming to me who are like, I don't want to do weight loss drugs. So that's a whole like new er new error. I just read an article that Weight Watchers purchased a small pharmaceutical company because they're going to get into the weight loss drug business. So I have people who are like, that can be the only thing left for me to do is to take a weight loss drug. Like those are shots they have to take every day for the rest of their life. And so without, and again, we never, we never want to go into this preying on people's fears or preying on people's like, you know, points of shame. Right. But really going into why not do an episode that says, I promise you, Ozempic is not the answer. Like, I promise you that there is a possibility. And I know that right now it looks impossible. I know that right now you are freaking out and thinking that now you're going to have to be on a medicine like this for the rest of your life. And, you know, with all of the side effects that it has, which are insane. And you can then say, what if there's just a 1% chance that your mindset could change it all? And then you do that work. And then through the episode, they start to believe that there's a 1% chance and maybe a 2% chance. And then the next episode, they're like, maybe there's a 10% chance. And they build that belief enough to be to have your program be as effective as it can be. Yeah, yeah. That's perfect. It's so true. Yes. It's so true. So good. And you're, we're, again, like for the people listening, you're working with a topic that is so heavy uh, that people, people need to, they don't need more information for the sake of information. Right. They need they that need, validation. They need validation. They need to feel like belief that they can do it and they need to feel safe. They need to feel like they have a safe space to come to. Yes. And not to like give you even more episodes. I know it, it starts to get overwhelming, but you just mentioned that safety. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen enough episodes from you about safety and about yeah, emotional, any. psychological, physical safety. Yeah. I haven't done any specific episodes just about that. And but I think yeah. that's the evolution of your podcast is you've already done such amazing work. I want you to do more pinpointed specific work in each episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can do that. Good. All right. What other questions do you have for me as we start to wrap up? No, this has been fantastic. Fan freaking tastic. Isa. I'm so, so <laughs> glad. Thank you again. So many ideas. I'm glad I waited to do this week's podcast because it's late. But I wanted to have this audit with you first to now the wheels are churning and I have lots of ideas. And especially I love the fact that I'm doing this on the cusp of my third anniversary. Yeah. So it's just going to be like another evolution in this coming year of the podcast. Thanks to this audit. Absolutely. And thank you for trusting me to do it, especially with something that you've poured so much into for three years. And thank you for allowing us to share it with the audience as well. Maybe I'll come back next year and we'll do another audit. Why not? 
And, <laughs> and trust me, you'll see like, oh, I took this little concept and I took this one and I was able to do it and it'll, it'll really skyrocket. So I love it. Actually, I do. Have, I have a question. Yes. Sorry. It just came up. So how can I measure these results? So I know we're keeping the list of people coming from the podcast. So we all have that uh, KPI. Yep. Key performance indicator. Are there any others that you recommend? I know people say like number of downloads is like a vanity number, but I like it. I'm glad you brought this up. So yeah, so we want to make sure that we have that list to track to track how many people are coming over to your email. We want to make sure that on any onboarding form, there's an opportunity to say podcast or not. If it's not already on your sales call form, let's put it there as well. Actually, those are the the two main things that I really find important. Downloads, I don't think matter in the sense of I'm, I congratulate you for the hundred thousand. And I love that that happened because it just means how many people's lives you are touching in different ways. Mm -hmm. And when we are associating it with our metric of how many of those people are then coming into your offers to buy, it doesn't matter because I'd rather listeners into buyers. Yes. Because the thing is, I, again, I love that you have so many people and with the understanding that you have so many people, why are you not a millionaire? Mm. And I understand that like, again, this is a topic that is so sensitive that people are going to try a lot of different things and maybe they're going to find someone that is more aligned for them. So the goal is not a hundred percent of your listeners turn into a hundred percent of your buyers. Some of them are at different stages that they're not there for, or they just don't vibe and they find someone else that vibes and that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. But how can we start to be like, okay, if I have an average download of 500 people per episode, I'm just shooting out a number there. Mm -hmm. Am I making sure that each episode is getting at least five people onto the email list? And that's like a, I'm bad at math. That's a 1% conversion, right? But that's five people. Or am I um, doing that? And so when we want to introduce the listener's conversation to the metrics game, it's more about how are we making sure that the ratio is good? Because Mm -hmm. I believe I mentioned this in a previous episode. I'm not sure if I have, but... I have clients whose average is 10 listeners per episode and they don't have a thought about it because every episode turns at least one person into a client. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we celebrate and we look at it. Okay. Got it. Perfect. Same thing with reviews. I love reviews. Everyone loves to feel good that their episode is doing something in the world, but a review does not pay my rent. So. Right. <laughs> it's all good. It's another vanity thing too. A vanity indicator. Yes. And it's hard because again, so much of the, so much of the podcast advice that we're used to is just ask every episode for them to leave you a rating and review, share with a friend, get more listeners, more, 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 more. I do that in my emails. I just say, have you left a review? I heard your, or no, you wrote an email about reviews. Like stop asking for five-star reviews. Yeah. Wait a second. Stop asking for five-star reviews. Start asking for five-figure texts. Like, let's go. <laughs> that might be another email. I might have to rewrite it. But no, I, I I understand the desire to see that number go up. And I want to complicate that thought a little more. Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. I'm taking. I'm going to take it out of my email this week. Instead, tell them if you if you still want to uh, communicate to them that you want them to grow the podcast. Say mm-hmm. share this with a friend yeah. who needs to stop dieting forever. Because that, to me, that's more important than a five star review. I rather have absolutely. people know more people know about stop dieting forever versus like yeah. a five star review from somebody I don't even know. Like I couldn't even follow up with them or anything. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you again. And we're going to close out. Thank you again to Jennifer for agreeing to share this audit publicly so that you could learn alongside with her. If you are interested in turning listeners into buyers with your podcast, head to the show notes and you can find more information about Ease a Good Podcast and hands-off production. In either the strategy package or a full retainer, you will be able to work with me on improving your existing show or creating a brand new one for your business. I will see you on a call super soon and I will see you next week. Want to get even more visible? Go to the show notes and sign up for the email list. Each week, I'll be sharing strategies with you, just like the ones you heard today, on how you can really share your impact. I'll see you there, and I'll see you next week.